Hello and welcome to Thriving on the Spectrum, the podcast dedicated to empowering and supporting young adults with autism on their journey towards a fulfilling life. I'm your host, Arpita Mohan, and together we'll explore invaluable insights, expert advice, and personal stories that shed light on the unique opportunities and challenges young adults with autism encounter. So if you're a parent, caregiver, friend, or ally, join us as we explore possibilities to help young adults with autism thrive. Today, in the first of the episodes exploring what long-term planning for codependent living looks like for autistic adults, we are joined by Nina Wag, the founder, trustee of ALAP, Assisted Living for Autistic Persons based at Gurgaon, Delhi NCR in India. ALAP provides residential facilities where persons with autism live independently and are learning activities of daily living. Nina is a parent of a young adult with autism, a poet, playwright, and Hindi language translator. She has been actively involved with autism advocacy for the past 17 years. She has represented the autism community during the drafting of the RPWD Act and has spearheaded the team for setting up the autism website for the National Trust. Hi, Nina. We're very excited to have you on today's episode. Hi, Arpita. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kavita and Sharda as well. We're really, really happy to have you. And look, there's like so much you've been done that you've done so far. And to kick us off, Nina, we note that you had started fairly early with your son and moving him away from home. So what really motivated you to take that plunge? Yeah, okay. So, you know, uh, when we are as a parent are uh, going through that early intervention uh, phase, you know, you're Uh, like, moving from one you're running from one corner to another corner that there is so much of going on in the family and you know trying to find a miracle cure and then you're trying to find make sense of life you feel that you've forgotten yourself and uh, uh, so a point came in my life where I realized that I was being consumed by autism and I was not able to strike the right balance between the other aspects of my life. But more than that, uh, I was not able to pay attention to my younger son. Then, uh, you know, during those phases, my mother-in-law had expired and my father-in-law was in a very, very vulnerable state. And my husband, he's an architect. His practice was just, you know, running and setting up. So, So they were like, we were being pulled in thousand different directions. So a point came in my life where I thought that if I don't try to strike a balance, I fall flat. And the second thing was that my son was totally dependent on me. I was the primary caregiver. And suddenly I had taken on so much of uh, stress that I, uh, you know, one day I just stopped in my track that what happens if I drop dead tomorrow? And that was the turning point when I started thinking that, no, I have to strike a balance and then I have to then started thinking about what after us. That was the first time when I started phrasing this question out loud in the parent community. And the parents who were senior than me, I started asking questions. And I realized that this was the most, um, uh, you know, the big elephant in the room that nobody wanted to, uh, you know, uh, uh, acknowledge the presence. And many parents used to avoid this question and I started thinking that probably this is the time to 
create an alternate support for myself for my family and uh, you know find a a space where amo can grow uh, and learn more things um, outside the umbrella of uh, the parent immediate parents although it was not an easy decision and i was one of the few parents who actually took that hard decision and amo i remember was i think uh, around 13 going over 14 and he had hit adolescence and you all know if you are aware of autism that how the adolescence brings in its own issues over and above the the autism part but there comes aggression there comes assertment because the the the, the person with autism the child also starts becoming self aware once they become self aware then you know they start getting frustrated as well so um so i thought that this is the time we should explore to making independent and that's how uh, you know we decided that this is the time we should put him in a hostel where he can learn to be uh, or learn new skills and develop his own peer group and uh, because of that i was able to then you know divide my time equally to other family members to myself that's the point where i started writing as well so i think i rediscovered myself at that time that okay okay there is more to me there is more to my younger son and there is more to even my special needs son because he surprised us all by immediately adapting to his new environment and that's how i realized that they have this survival instinct it's just that we don't allow because of our overprotectiveness so there Now that's absolutely beautiful honestly it's a very difficult decision to make there are so many thoughts there are so many factors that you're considering there and to be able to be so vulnerable and share it too that's really really great to hear all the things that you've thought about and what you had to like go ahead with but you mentioned that you know at some point you decided to like start off with a hostel and you mentioned and from what we've learned as well you have also tried like more than one model for making him live away from home so what prompted you also to try these different options as you were going through it no uh, i don't think uh, i had much options because when i started looking around i did not find much and frankly speaking those government institutions were horror stories and that was a big no no and i just chanced upon this uh, a tiny hamlet uh, near masuri uh, which was uh, which was started uh, by a sibling and that was the uh, facility which was only being run for the girls so i came back and uh, just leaving an idea that why don't you start with boys also because hello the 6 to 1 ratio in the autism population like so uh, if you are already running it why don't you start for boys so after one month um, the person met me and she says okay we are ready to start that and uh, so amog was the first uh, boy young lad there in that system and uh, yeah so i found out that and uh, so once he settled in and once we realized uh, how important the decision was although very tough and um, you know it gave me a breathing space i still remember um, few of the parents uh, actually insinuated that now you can you can have a ball you know you can now that you have put him away you can have a gala time and uh, that really hurt and uh, but i think i channelized my energy into uh throwing myself 
full time into finding uh, and sharing my knowledge or experience with other parents because you know because everybody was in the same boat so that was uh, the time i you know because i had time in my hands so i got into a short uh, film making uh, course and i made documentary on uh, uh, this setup then i created a forum called uh, forum for assisted living solutions where i started collecting information on uh, such facilities from across the country so it is a basically a community driven uh, forum and today we have around compiled a list of 75 such facilities in the 5 years no i love that no there's just so much that you've done there it's just really really inspiring to really like listen to the different things that you've been doing through this time um yeah just to kind of explore a bit more could you tell us a little bit about the first you know the apartment or flat that you took up about yeah to kind of start that yeah no even before the apartment uh, so after 3 years um, uh you know we uh, decided to bring a more closer to where we are living because we try to relocate ourselves to dehradun where amog was and uh, it didn't work out and uh, so i brought him back to delhi and that time uh, my husband's friend was very generous he had a a bungalow lying vacant from the past 2 3 years at which he was planning to sell eventually so uh, he gave it to us on uh, absolute no rent and uh, so we moved in there and started from ground zero again and uh, some of the uh, two three more parents joined with me and uh, so we started with you know just sharing all the expenses dividing it in four and then we uh, of course i was primarily running it and found facilities around in and around for them to go for learning for playing and you know the complete works and all that ultimately what you need to do is you know you have to find your own tribe so this my process uh was to find my own tribe of people and that led me to gurgaon and then this didn't work out again then that's how we uh took a flat uh in gurgaon only and it was a three bedroom very spacious apartment and uh, before doing that i had registered my trust or uh, alap it's called alap assisted living for autistic persons and it's a charitable trust and uh, i started with my son and two of my staff who had come with me from delhi and been very loyal uh, to the cause and uh, have been uh, our life support and um, and i think we have all grown together so we started from a flat and i think uh, it was a simpler step because you know it we took it on rent and uh, whatever the cost was because i decided that this flat we are going to have four residents so we decided that whatever the monthly expenses going to be for those four young adults including all the overheads based on that i divided it into four and got you know a sum which should be a monthly contribution because it's a no profit no loss kind of a thing it's all we are looking for support and that's how i started it and that started sharing my information my experiences as to what we are doing so then one parent joined another one then fourth one and uh, i think we had a very good uh, thing because a 
we didn't have to go and look for land and like talking about uh, investing huge amount of money uh, you know creating a headache of overheads and all that i think uh, all the parents should not work hard they should work smart that is my latest motto nowadays you know because uh, if you are in a, let's say if in kolkata suburbs or uh, say in a smaller town and all the cost of living is low and the the cost of land is also very low so there you can think and visualize having acres and acres of land and you know doing a huge project with huge communities and all but delhi ncr is mad crazy about um reality prices and all so we have to think within those parameters and and this is very workable uh, solution and by the time people started coming they were already part of the community they were very much visible visible there was a gym they used to go to gym there was a park they used to go to the park so since being within the city we would go anywhere we would take them to theater we would take them to uh, all kind of uh, you know community festivals and everything so you know visibility is very important to me because we had the idea is not to isolate them and put them near jungle that okay uh, they're not seen so they are not there no i i am a very greedy person a i want an as equal standard of living for my child and also for the other children who are our communities uh, and then i was never in favor of you know having a community where the parents and the kids and everybody is living together because uh, everybody needs space even if they are special needs children even if they are non verbal they need to have their own independence and i then tied up with another organization which was just working in the field of vocation and giving them jobs in a sheltered environment i tied up with them like i said so i did not do any vocational i was just into pre vocational life my kids used to pack their bags and start going there so they used to go to office so they had this sense of this is our living space and that is our office so it worked very well for us for two years and then somehow that uh, that uh, you know pandemic took a toll and lot of organizations went through tough time so that got uh, closed and but by the time <clears throat> we had bought a small piece of land me and my husband so my husband is an architect so we built a, a bungalow a four bedroom very spacious house so we shifted there this um uh march so uh, you know that has been another experience altogether now we have a 10 12 uh, kids and uh, coming for various programs there are seven adults who are uh, we have four bedroom twin sharing and so it's a big joint family system like today only uh, three of my staff was absconding because of this rakhi thing so there was no cook and there were two caregivers were not there so we just told all the mommies look we haven't had the home cooked food from you guys please send us something to us because we don't have time to cook so you know one mommy made and uh, cooked pav bhaji for 12 people another one yeah. sent a pulao another one sent uh, paneer and i had left the uh, sweets there so they had a whole party suddenly from you know just thinking of making aaj khichdi banate hain to suddenly we were having parties so you know that's the beauty of the place you know the parents are not on your head and the 
parents don't have to be 24 by 7 involved with the children so they have their space they have their breathing time the kids uh, have enough scope to grow and you know have their own space and so i think it's a win win situation so parents are very much there within 15 kilometers i think it's a community i think it's a, i found my tribe touch wood now that's absolutely beautiful and i love that statement about finding your tribe really i think it's very very like critical to like how you like plan your life and how you go ahead with these aspects too so i really love that note i mean you've touched a lot about like things that have like worked well as well here but i might like ask if you have any more to elaborate on but like from your experience over these years what do you think has worked best in terms of living arrangements for autistic young adults mm. <clears throat> So uh, one thing is uh, which I tell to my staff is, uh, and I'm saying that in Hindi, के जब थक जाओ तो हट जाओ, you know. So when you are tired, just move away. Okay, let somebody else take your place. That has worked well because uh, autism is going to stay. It's not that that you know I have empowered them and now they they will slowly come out running, you know, like a. Amitabh Bachchan and like I am cured and all that. We have to live with autism. We have to live with the meltdowns. We have to live with their anxieties. It's how you minimize that. So once they know that there are people who understand them, and there is an entire battery of people, not just one mother like caregiver, you know, on whom you you know just offload everything. You're good and bad and ugly. So there is less burnout for the person. with autism and for the person who is the caregiver so that has really worked very well so we have eight young adults i think it's a joint family i always wanted to have a joint family everybody has their own space they have their own uh, personal uh, things you know like so that is what i'm saying that a acceptance and b giving them enough space and having a smaller number so that we celebrate everyone's quirkiness everyone's uh individuality and uh, we really enjoy and celebrate them is that uh that all of us need to uh believe in the captain of the ship kind of a thing you know yes i understand that and we all agree that it's a team work that works but so that is a very important to have a good team and to have a clear defined roles and um, so in that sense it always works not just the parents parents or just the professional professionals uh, a right combination of you know parents bringing their own energies their own experiences and the nurturing aspect and the professionals uh, you know bringing their own objectivity to the fore and uh, putting things into perspective you know and 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 a right balance between those two as thirdly what works is uh, of course that uh, you treat your staff as much the same way that you treat your children you know because they too need nurturing they too will have meltdowns they too will have their unreasonable behaviors from time to time but it should not be the uh, just the same way as we want the capacity building of our own children we should also be simultaneously doing the capacity building of our 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just around the point about this relationship building aspect as being like one of the things that have worked really well because there's a need for things to be collaborative and to be like sensitive to other people's approaches. So that makes a lot of sense. On the flip side, though, you've been running this initiative for years and, you know, just to get a sense from you as well, what are the key hurdles that you've also faced from such initiatives? The parents who have not been able to be the team players have exited from the ecosystem that I have created. That's why why I said in the beginning, like, you know, you have to find your own uh, tribe and it's not an easy thing, but you should never give up. Uh, The thing is, we are dealing with a lot of emotions here, right? Our entire sector, when we say our communities, we are talking about that we represent as autism advocates or parents or whatever. This sector, this this community is very, very emotionally driven because we are hurting and we we, we are trying to figure out a lot of stuff and all that. And it has taken a toll on each one of us, whoever is the direct stakeholder. So when parents, especially the mothers come to me with that kind of nervous system, that is the biggest challenge for me. Whenever a new parent comes, so we say that, uh, see, the person is coming in an ecosystem where things will be changing. If you are prepared for a change, then your child should also become, because change is a constant. If you're not preparing your child, then you're doing a disservice to the child. Another another challenge is, um, luckily, uh, I did not face those challenges because of those uh, measures which I have taken, but job turnover rate is very high because the caregivers, uh, compared to the rest of the sectors, don't get that much high salaries. Parents do not want to spend too much because they think that a child is not going to be productive, I should be spend so much money. A, B, they do not have those kind of finances and we don't even have uh, uh, facilities right now which are only handful, which are being, you know, started by people like us. Uh, with the minimum to no uh, supports from the governments. There is so, you know, so so we are not able to pay too much. So the job turnover rate is high. Because of that, there is lack of continuity. Because by the time you train somebody, you, you know, want a consistency in your, uh, you know, this thing, that gets broken. So these are some two of the last challenges, the expectation and uh, you know that the, the, the parents need to recalibrate their meters of expectations. Because what are we doing? We're trying to build an ecosystem where the children will be able to live when the parents are not there. So that switch is not going to happen over a night, you know. These are the challenges because especially when somebody is outsourcing us, uh, making us the surrogate parent, they are not transferring that trust in us. They are just transferring their fears in us. Uh, of course, there are many parents who are who have deep faith in you. They will be always standing on your side. And we, then we have a very healthy exchange. Okay, this has happened. Okay, this is how we can improve and all. And it's a beautiful exchange. And to be very frank, the children benefit the most. 
Now that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I mean, like just to your point, like a lot of this was about, it's not just like systemic challenges, but a large part of it is really from like your own internal battles and like parents being a lot more like open to the idea that, you know, that things could work out, have trust in other people. So that makes like a lot of sense just from all the discussions that we've had so far. I think every word that you've said is something that, you know, you can take back and think about and it's food for thought. So thanks so much for being on today's episode, Nina. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode filled with inspiration, support, and hope. On our next episode, we will be joined by Usha Rajagopal and we'll continue our conversation on living arrangements for young adults with autism. Until next time, take care, stay positive, and keep thriving.